Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for bringing us into another year. Thank you for bringing us into another season of worship and praise. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds that we might hear and understand your word for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Bethany. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. My name is Bethany. Um, I'm the Director of Family Ministries here at Church of the Holy Cross. And we have some special visitors with us today. Um, usually, we have a family service where we welcome all of our kiddos. It's across the hall. If you haven't been yet, we hope um, you would come every Sunday at 9.30. But today, we invited all the kids to be in here together. So if you are a grown-up, look around and find a kid around you and say, welcome. <laughs> We're happy you're here. <laughs> or an adult who <laughs> acts like a child. Whatever. Okay. All right. So we are going to play a game, and we're all going to play. Um, even y'all, you have game supplies up with you. Um, on your chair or around you, you'll find a piece of paper and a pen. So everybody find a piece of paper and a pen. You might have to look over and around you. Okay. And kiddos especially find a piece of paper and a pen. Okay. Oh, look, everybody's sharing. God, we're at church. Okay. Um, okay, so on your piece of paper, I would like everyone to draw a circle. Draw a circle. Y'all too. <laughs> she said, don't wave that thing at me. Okay, you got a circle. Small or big? Pray about it. Okay. All right. Okay, did you draw a circle? Okay. All right, I want you to look at that circle. Is it maybe a little wiggly? Is it maybe not? Show your neighbor your circle. Neighbors, do we have perfect circles? No, we don't. Okay, okay. So that was your practice round. That was your, like, warming up your fingers. That was your practice round. Now I want you to, like, breathe deep. Say a prayer. Now I want you to really draw a perfect circle. Like, let's get it right. Let's draw a perfect circle. Y'all are very good at listening directions. <laughs> okay, now look at that circle. Is that, is it better? No? <laughs> it's not even better? Okay, who thinks they have a perfect circle? Alex, actually that is, he traced his cup, y'all. <laughs> that was not it. Uh, okay, other than Alex, who totally cheated. He's our youth pastor, by the way. Um, <laughs> other than Alex, who cheated, literally no one in here drew a perfect circle because human hands cannot. Human hands cannot draw a perfect circle. Our hands are just not made for it. We can't. Even if you're an amazing artist, you couldn't do it. So I want you to imagine that the only way that you could be close to God, that you could pray to him when you were scared, that you could ask for help when you needed it, was if you could hand him a perfect circle that you drew. And that was kind of like your ticket. That was like the ticket to be close to God. 
Well, what does that have to do with the gospel, with the story that we just heard about the shepherds? Well, who here ate some candy canes during Christmas? Did anybody eat any candy canes during Christmas? Yeah, probably maybe too many. I, they were a lot in my office. I was just like going through them like a beaver. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> so if you've seen a candy cane, uh, you may, or eaten one, you may not know, but these were actually invented by somebody with my job at a church in the 1600s. He was in charge of the nativity service, and the kids were being so wiggly that he needed something to help keep them quiet during the Christmas service. This is true. And he invented a whole new type of candy because he was desperate. <laughs> right? He needed help during Christmas Eve. So he invented these, and they were these little candy sticks, and they were in the shape of... A shepherd's crook. So these are what shepherds would use like when, the, when Jesus was born. The shepherds would come and if the sheep were stuck, they would get them out of the bushes or pull them back to safety, right? He made these in the shape of a shepherd's crook to remind people of Jesus. Now, you know that the shepherds were out watching their field, their sheep in the fields, but a lot of people who study the Bible think, they read the Bible really carefully, they think that those shepherds might actually have been priests, priests who were watching some very special sheep. And those special sheep were probably going to be used in the temple for sacrifice. So they were making sure that the sheep were all like perfect and didn't get any injuries. They were like pulling them out of the bushes, yeah? They were trying to keep the sheep really special and safe because how it worked to be close to God back then is you had to bring him gifts. And these sheep were going to be used as gifts. And if you brought a really nice sheep, that meant that you could kind of be close to God. But the reason that the shepherds were so excited is that the angels said that that system is over. It's over. We're not going to have to bring gifts to God anymore. So how that goes back to our circles is this. I want you to imagine, like we did before, that the only way that you could be close to God was to give him that perfect circle you had drawn. What if somebody came up and tapped you on the shoulder and drew a perfect circle themselves and then said, here, you take my circle. It's perfect. Now you can be close to God. You don't have to try and draw a perfect circle anymore. Yeah? So that is what these shepherd crooks remind us of. It's that the old system where we had to try really hard to be close to God and try to be really perfect to be close to God, it is over. That's why the shepherds were so excited. So I have a gift. If you are a grown-up, you can get a candy cane to remind you. Also, of course, if you're a kid, you can get a candy cane to remind you. But also, if you're a kid, you can get this really cute, thank you, Amazon, candy cane pen that has peppermint ink that smells amazing. <laughs> All right? And it will remind you that the old system is over, that Jesus comes to draw the perfect circle for us, and he just hands it to us just because he loves us. All right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> thank you, Bethany. And thank you, children, for being here with us today. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to all be together. Well, today, January 1st, is... New Year's, of course. It's also the Feast of the Holy Name and Circumcision. 
and it's the eighth day of Christmas. That's right, it's eight maids of milking day today. <laughs> today is part of the church year called Christmas Tide. The season starts on Christmas Day and extends through Epiphany, up to Epiphany. So that's 12 days, hence the song. My brother called to tell me he stopped at a restaurant last Friday and uh, when he was getting ready to leave, he wished the server a Merry Christmas. And the server said, oh no, Christmas was last week. Happy New Year. And he said, no, no, in my church, the season of Christmas begins on Christmas and extends for 12 days. That's the Christmas season. And, and the server looked at him and said, what are you, one of those Croatians or something? <laughs> and then she wished him a happy new year again and got out of there quick. I've heard a bunch of stories like that this year. And if you look online, you see that people couldn't wait to get their trees down the day after Christmas. Even my favorite Christmas music, uh, Christian music station, the day after Christmas was back to the regular music. That leads me to believe we're not, maybe we're not taking enough time. We're not talking enough about the wonders of the Christmas season. During the month of November, we talk to you every week about anticipating, joyful anticipation of the baby being born, but also preparing ourselves through prayer and repentance for the return of Christ the King. Advent ends on Christmas Eve. And on Christmas Day, we begin this season of Christmas Tide. We rejoice in the birth of the Christ child, but we also take this 12-day period to travel back in our hearts to consider about the lives of Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Mary and Joseph were faithful Jews. And today, the eighth day of Christmas is known as Holy Name and Circumcision. This is the feast of the fulfilling of the law. The law prescribed that on the eighth day, a male child would be circumcised and named. There's nothing about Jesus or Mary or Joseph that's a rejection of their Jewish heritage. Everything about Jesus speaks to perfect fidelity in the law. About nine months ago, well, nine months and eight days exactly, we talked about the Annunciation. The Annunciation is when the Archangel Gabriel came to Mary and announced that she would conceive a child. She would give birth to a son and that she would name him Jesus. Nine months later, December 25th, we gathered with joy last week to greet the newborn child Today, eight days after the birth, we hear the name given him by the angel before he was even conceived in the womb. Today is the fulfillment of Gabriel's annunciation to Mary. Everything the archangel said would happen has now happened. Jesus, Yeshua in Hebrew. It means the Lord saves. 
Within the name is Jesus' vocation, a relationship in humanity, and a desire of God. The name Jesus says that God cares about us and loves us. God knows what is happening to us and with us. God is not indifferent. God is present, acting in the world and in our lives. Years later, as an adult, Jesus in his ministry said it very plainly. Think not that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. And his teaching on that matter was very decisive. And we hear it every single week. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He summarized very definitively what the law really was and is. That tradition, that law, marked his life all the way to the end. It was in fulfillment of all that had been promised, that he was lifted upon the cross to breathe and bleed his last. Today, as a token of all that is to come in his life, the eighth day of his earthly life, he received the first mark in his flesh, which was his circumcision. The incredibly good news in all this is that not only has God sent his son to be conceived of Mary, born in a stable, receive the worship of shepherds, teach the law, fulfill the law, die on the cross and be raised again. Not only all of this, but God has given us his name. What a privilege that is. What a privilege. In the outside world, I'm commonly known as Mrs. Bowman or Ms. Bowman, I used to be known as Sergeant Bowman, and now I'm sometimes addressed as the Reverend Bowman or Pastor Bowman. But when someone gets to know me, really know me as a person, I cease being known only as a title. I become known as Laura. And that's important. If you call me by my correct name, you have my attention. Now, maybe some of you with more common names can't appreciate this, but Laura is not a common name. So if I am walking down the street or walking in a shopping mall or walking anywhere and I hear somebody in the distance yell, Laura, I'm stopping to check it out. Or if somebody calls me on the phone and they call me by my name, I'm reasonably sure it's not just somebody trying to sell me something. They have my attention. My point is this, when you know someone's name, when you have permission to call on someone by name, then you're able to make claims upon that person. In this case, his name is Jesus, which means the Lord is Savior. To call on his name is to believe in his name. When Jesus is called upon, Jesus does indeed save. In the speaking of his name, what his name means 
comes into being. Think of what salvation means. Salvation, deliverance from sin. To save us from sin is to bring us back to relationship with him. We no longer have to flounder around and try to figure out how to exist on our own. We can call on him. If Jesus is savior, and if Jesus means God is savior, then to say Jesus is to say Jesus is God. And that's to open us up to the triune God. God is always, was always, and always will be in three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a perfect communion, enjoying unimpeded communications. There is no sin there, there is no darkness, and no rejections of relationship. There he would bring us, we who cling to the name of Jesus, he draws us up, not only to have communion with each other, not only to have communion with Jesus, not only to have communion with God, but to enter the communion of God, to sing and dwell and rejoice there, where the law, where everything is fulfilled. There in the midst of such glory and beauty as we can't even imagine. By coincidence, today is not only the Feast of the Holy Name and Circumcision. As you well know, in our earthly lives, today is New Year's Day. As we begin 2023, I'd like to finish up here by returning to one more point in Jesus' life. Actually, this is a much later point. This is the point after Jesus' crucifixion. To a garden. It's an early Sunday morning. A woman is in this garden and she is weeping, sobbing, because she knows only that the man who answered to the name Jesus has been crucified and buried. Her weeping is not only because of his death, but because of her anxiety, because she can't find him. He is gone from the tomb. She is alone and anxious and sorrowful. A man approaches her, but in her isolation, she doesn't recognize him. He asks her twice why she is crying what it is that she's looking for. She replies that she is looking for her Lord, but they have taken him away, that she doesn't know where he is. And to this stranger, she then says, please, if you know, if you have taken him somewhere, please tell me. And then he says her name, he says, Mary. When she hears her own name, she's restored in relationship with him. For hearing her name, she recognizes him. And now her tears turn from sorrow to great joy. He has spoken the holy name of Mary. Your name too, every single one of you, 
when, which God spoke when you were named in baptism. Your name, too, is a holy name. It might make for a good New Year's resolution to dedicate the year 2023 to the holy name, to remember Jesus, to remember your baptism, and also to remember each day for a moment that the names of the people that you meet, the names of the people that you communicate with, they too are holy names. This Friday, January 6th, is the date of the Epiphany. That marks the end of the season of Christmastide. That's why many of us wait until then to take down the tree and the decorations. That's why many of us are still listening to Christmas music. Until Friday, please take time each day to think about the beauty of this season of Christmastide and rejoice in Jesus' birth and in his holy name. Amen. <laughs>